it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Just give me one more super chance. Hey, piggy. Band-Aids. Don't give you AIDS. Hey, piggy. Just give me one more super chance. Hey, piggy. Just give me one more super chat. Hey, piggy. Hey, piggy. Don't make me go back to nine to five. Pay piggy. Wagecock ain't no way to be alive. Pay piggy. <laughs> Pay piggy. Don't make me go back to that nine to five. Pay Piggy, I want to feel like I am so alive. Pay Piggy, Pay Piggy, Pay Piggy, don't make me go back to my nine to five. Pay Piggy, I like that. Actually, that's okay. I, I'm kind of liking that. AIDS. <laughs> it just ends with AIDS. Okay. Right. Ooh, I like this. Pay piggy. Ooh, pay piggy. Just give me one more super chat. Pay Piggy, just give me one more super chance. Pay Piggy, Band-Aids, don't give you AIDS. Pay Piggy, just give me one more super chance. Pay Piggy, just give me one more super chat. Pay Piggy. Back to nine to five. Pay piggy. Wagecock ain't no way to be alive. Pay piggy. 
Hey, piggy, don't make me go back to that nine to five. Hey, piggy, I want to feel like I am so alive. Hey, piggy, hey, piggy, hey, piggy, don't make me go back to my nine to five. I like that actually that's okay I, I'm kind of liking that AIDS <laughs> it just ends with AIDS okay. I like this Hey piggy, ooh, hey piggy, just give me one more super chat, hey piggy, just give me one more super chance, hey piggy, band-aids. To Ragnarok. 
That was a rendition of Ragnarok by Halloween, the greatest of all hair bands. And no, I am not joking, but also being serious. You never, you will never know. You'll, you'll never, you will, you will never know. By the way, I saw a skit of Kyle Mooney talking, hitting on a girl without saying R's. That was a skit idea that I talked about a long ass time ago. I should never talk about my ideas on the internet. Because then the internet will steal my ideas and do them. I'm just joking. I don't know that he... I mean, I did come up with an idea that it'd be a great idea for a skit to try to hit on girls when you can't see old alls. And uh, they did a really good version of that. So, but anyway. What's up, y'all? The North Man. The Yankee, they call him sometimes. The old mean people from up north. Always fussing and wanting... More regulations. How come your libraries down in the south are no good? Your libraries. I moved down to the south from Chicago and the libraries ain't got none of the books I want. You know, I'm coming in trying to understand electrical engineering. I'm coming in trying to study uh, wind dynamics and your library ain't got nothing because I'm from the north and we got zillions of dollars and taxes up north but when I come to the libraries down south all your stupid southern people you don't got nothing in your library and I'm serious that's what it's like if you've ever had people from the north the north man moving down south that's what they do they come into the library and they bitch well dude this is the south we're lucky to have books, dummy. What are you talking about? We're lucky to have a library. And you coming in trying to expecting the local library in a 5,000 person town to have the latest PhDs on wind dynamics and the creation of that stupid hot foam slash, uh, what'd you call it? Uh, how to make that uh, cotton candy that they put in the ceilings. Right? How can you don't... I moved down here and I'm looking for insulation repair and your libraries ain't got nothing. I'm gonna vote for more taxes. Gonna vote for more taxes. You need more taxes because your libraries that's really what they're like. I know because my mom ran a library. Ain't no lie. My mama ran a library back in the day. And she would come home and she would say, I just can't understand these Yankees that moved down from the north and they're mad about the south. And they just expect these libraries to have everything that they got up there. I'm looking for the books and the publications on nuclear fission. And I'm trying to combine it with the latest research on ceiling fans mixed with the latest electrical engineering about how to meld it with your freaking boiler plates in the basement boiler room. And we don't got none of that down here. This is Tennessee, dude. We got outhouses. And trailer parks. Shout out. So, you need to 
You need to take your taxes. Scurry back on up to the north, man. North man. Just kidding. <laughs> this is not that kind of north man. That's a different north man. That's the north. This is a cooler north man we're going to talk about today. He's still kind of a. He's still kind of a mean boy. That's a wolf man over there. Watch out. The wolf pack. It's funny because remember I was talking to y'all. We've been we've been doing a few critiques of paganism in the last couple months, actually last couple years. But remember me telling you about the wolf pack? I'll join my group with the wolf pack. We're gonna go out in the woods, roll around, fart, scream, yell, chant, get all itchy, rolling in the dirt and the freaking grass. It's gonna be awesome. Odin might show up, dude. <laughs> he might even come out there, dude. Odin might just like pop here, dude. Odin shows up like Jerry Garcia. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, but it was just funny because the movie reminded me of that when I was joking about the wolf pack. Join the wolf pack, dude. And again... For those that don't understand, I feel like I need to start explaining what we do here because a lot of people come through and they're like, what is this? What is this? I don't get it. He's not merely repeating the news like I expected him to do. I'm sorry. This is not boring news repeating show. There's a million of those. This is, I don't even know what this is. This is, I do stream of consciousness, movie commentary, analysisizer, breakdowns. At a high IQ level for the Shad Nerds. It's a mix, it's a confluence of things. It's a confluence of, you could say, uh, Lord Voldemort meets Mystery Science Theater, meets Rift Tracks, meets Samuel H. Hydington, meets uh, what else? Other awesome things. Name an awesome thing. That's it. Put it in there. That's what this is. And I still got a boomer mad, furious boomer on that last live stream. How dare you? You must have a problem with your parents to make fun of scooter rounds and to make fun of rascals. How dare you? That's literally what it said. I, I wish I should have saved it. I was like, how dare you make fun of a scooter and a boomer round? So, boomers, every one of y'all would go to comedy clubs. Y'all would go out and watch. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I'm going to respect Taya. Taya, oh, let me, let me make fun of your wife. Oh, tell, tell your wife to call me after. Blah, 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 right? And the boomers are like, oh, <laughs> so funny. When you go to a comedy club in the 70s and 80s and even in the 90s, I know because I used to watch just endless stand up before I decided that stand up is garbage. It's just for, it's a club of freaking lame political losers. Not everybody, but largely not everybody. Right? We have some friends in that do domain that we like. We like, uh, you know, Sam Tripoli, etc. But the, you walk into a comedy club, dude, you would get roasted. The, it was part of the comedian's job. The jester, to roast you, dude, to make fun of you. My brother, he went to, 10 years ago, even still it was this way, he went to, what's that stupid thing in Tennessee? 
where everybody like camps out, gets all stinky for a week or whatever. Not Lollapalooza. The successor to Lollapalooza, <laughs> right? That was like late 90s when I was coming up. But there's another one they have in Tennessee. Not Coachella, but the one in, I think it's in Tennessee. What's the one in Tennessee? Somebody, y'all help me out. The Gay Pagan. No, that ain't it. That's not, that's not the festival I'm talking about. Bonnaroo. Thank you so much. I don't know why I can. Boomeroo. Uh, Boomeroo. I'm joking. Bonnaroo had Jeffrey Ross there. And my brother was telling the funny story that when he walked into the comedy tent, Jeffrey Ross saw him and I don't even know what was said, but basically Jeffrey Ross just roasted my brother for like five minutes and everybody had a blast and everybody was laughing. Right. It's like expected. But for some reason, if I make jokes about freaking scooter rounds, <laughs> rascals, like, why are you getting your feelings hurt, man? Some of y'all people are losing their minds. That's what I just have to keep coming back to everybody losing their damn mind. If you would, by the way, you can support the show. We will have super chats as the show proceeds. As you know, we will be getting into some real material, some, some meat. I know it's info edutainment. Everybody wants that. I know what you guys want. It's taken me years to synthesize and figure out what everybody wants. And now I think we have the perfect formula. What seems to be the best is information combined with voices and making fun of things on the screen riffing uh everybody loves the debate reviews everybody loves the video the clips where we watch james white and paul washer and all that so that's what we're going to be doing that we're going to synthesize it uh i have to also mention to everybody going to be taking a break from everybody else's podcast i'm sorry i know that a lot of people we actually had a few ready to go but i just had to reach out and say look no offense to anybody with smaller channels Love you guys. But I basically said, never said no to an interview in the last seven years. And now it's time where to, to alter the modus operandi because not dissing anybody, but it's actually not advantageous for me to do uh, 10 other people's podcasts in a week that have one to 7,000 subscribers. And then I'm not putting out that content on my channel. So it's just, we've gotten to a point where just like when we, you know, had to stop doing tutoring, uh, it was fun to tutor for t- two years, but at a certain point, it's just too many people. I can't tutor everybody anymore. One-on-one it's just, <clears throat> and that's good news. That's good news because we want to keep growing the audience. We want to be able to reach more people and, uh, you know, Hey, <clears throat> whatever happened at Twitter, I don't know, but something happened because I got like a thousand followers in a week since all that Milan Usk stuff got mentioned. So what the reason for that is, I don't know, but some, some happened. So to me, it's probably, it suggests that there's probably been some S H E S H A D O W banning some, uh, ring wraith banning. Shadow banning, ring rates, ring rate banning. Race on wings. If you would hit like and share, also uh, you can support the show via the super chat function. You know that what keeps this show going, what keeps me doing this, 
is the super chats. We got a fun one today, y'all. Everybody really liked that uh, vegan mox machine meth gun Kelly video that we did, and uh, I knew that was going to be fun. So let's get into some mythology. We're gonna get into some esoteric stuff. We're gonna get into the witch little review. Remember, it was like six years ago that Jamie and I did one of our first podcasts, and guess what? It was the witch. With Anya Taylor-Joy, whatever her name is. Remember that? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, that's the same director as The Northman. And he also did The Lighthouse, but <clears throat> we've been. I'm going to save Lighthouse for a separate analysis. It's not going to be part of this. So we're going to review a little bit on the witch. We're going to look at uh, the the Norse mythology. We're going to have a little fun little breakdown of that. <clears throat> now, I'm not an expert in that. That's come up a few times in these pagan debates. And I pointed out that I did have grad classes, though, where we did do uh, Middle English, uh, Early English, and then the mythology and the stories of that time. Like We did a grad class on Beowulf, all that stuff. So we got pretty deep into that. But I'm not a historian of this subject. Okay, so I don't know, I'm not a historian of the Eddas and all that, but we did do a whole semester class on this, so I'm not totally out of my element here. Also, I've seen Conan many times, grew up with Conan, and it's hilariously awesome, fun singles, sequels that are bad. Oh, I forgot to get up, forgot to get my, my sad guru up. We wanted to play this little clip just because it was so good. Of your boy Sad Guru here. Uh, I was glad to find this clip because it really does vindicate, again, everything that we've been talking about. So it's been going around. I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, it's over on my Twitter. By the way, help get that going. That, that could go viral. I mean, it's got, I mean, it's not that many. It's got like 4,000 views right now, but uh, 3,800. But this is the kind of thing that could, you know, potentially go viral. The only thing that goes viral anymore is like, 30 second clips that's about it so internet's basically broke uh your mom ain't paid the bill 
I told your mom last time she was staying the night over here, pay that internet bill. Your mom forgot to pay my bill. So get that straightened out. I to send her a little, a little sassy little email if she don't pay the bill like she said she was going to. Anyway, so look, this is going to be fun. Check this out. We're going to look a little bit at the uh, trailer. I got to remember to turn these sounds down because they'll ding it for the freaking copyright of the music. And that's what I never know. I never know which one of these will have like a copyright music thing going. Remember this classic too? Father Frost, a.k.a. Jack Frost. That's a Mystery Science Theater classic. We're going to be watching the Father Mushroom sequence. Why? Because it ties into one of the things that Kotel covered, which we will also play a little bit of that, is the alter evil doppelganger of Santa Claus, Sinterklaas, Sinterklaas, whatever phrase he gets, right? There's a Siberian version who is like a shaman. And I think that's what was the character in Jack Frost, if you remember that, if you're old school mystery science theater fan a father mushroom he's like a mini santa claus mini claus but that's a really funny sequence too but it is, that movie actually is based on a, a blending of a bunch of nordic uh norse and rus mythology terrible movie but a uh, pretty much a classic mystery science theater episode and then we'll look at a little bit of the uh, uh, nods to Conan. And a little bit about the Baphomet in regard to the witch. So how are we going to see? Let's kick it off with... Oh, yeah, witch. I got witch notes. So remember... Um, and now, I don't know this much about this director, so I haven't looked into his own worldview or whatever. Uh, maybe he's a neo-pagan. I, I don't know. Uh, but he does seem to... Now, in The Witch, I don't think The Witch was intended to be a... Uh, anti. It's not a toxic masculine movie. I think it was supposed to be a feminist movie. So, if you think about it, too, that, that was right... That movie came out right when the Satanic Temple had... Uh, kind of made their quest to put up their little statue and they put out this public endorsement of the witch. Um, we've seen all of these freaking millennials and zoomers people are in, uh, in adopting endorsing witchcraft. This went crazy on TikTok for some reason, all these little teen chicks thinking that they're witches. And there was an article a couple of years ago that like all of the millennials have dropped I think it was partly propaganda, but they've dropped all the traditional religions and they're all witches now. And it's like the victory of witchcraft. Witchcraft has won. Everybody's a witch now. And I've been saying for a long time that all of this witchcraft and the neo-pagan stuff and the Wiccan stuff is intentionally promoted. And many of the people involved in this scene come out of the Crowleyan era and ethos. A lot of Crowleyans involved in this. So somebody was like, you're totally wrong. They're promoting neo-paganism. Told they hate it. They want to shut it down. Not your dumb, goofy fed thing on the internet. They're not going to tolerate that. Well, they might tolerate that. No, no. I'm talking about 
these movements co-opted COINTELPRO types of things. And they also serve a, a larger global agenda because they end up promoting the green stuff, the austerity green agenda. Uh, and that's a huge part of why these religions, which are nature worship religions, all of the pagan religions really are a form of or a version of a variant of nature worship. And I'm not talking about the nature boy. Woo! I'm talking about nature worship. Okay. Different nature. By the way, did you know, as we will see in a moment, to try to bridge some of these cultures that are kind of on the outs, a lot of racial hate that we want to combat. Well, one way to combat it is that if people from Wakanda understood that the people in uh, Valhalla, Hala, did you know that it all got started over a freaking weave? So if the people in Wakanda understood that the whole fight in the Norse mythology was over a weave, literally, we could have some reconciliation. That's what I'm trying to work towards over here. See what I'm doing? You see what I'm doing? Peace, Nick, baby. What's up? Do you understand? Did anybody get that joke? You'll see. You will get it in a moment. But back to the witchcrafts. By the way, do you have essence of lizard in a container do you have secret trinkets full of some kind of urine do you have <laughs> various powders and dusts uh up upon your shelf or upon your spice rack if so you may be a witch time to get rid of those spice racks time to throw out that stuff you don't need you don't need the semen of a newt okay I'm trying to help y'all it's time to repent. But this is being promoted. I can't believe people can't see that this is being promoted. Come on, man. You can't tell that witchcraft and Crowleyanism are being promoted. And yes, uh, a bunch of the people who started Renaissance fairs, the LARPing scene, Fantasy fiction, not only were they a bunch of convicted PEDOs, they were also many of them into your boy Aleister Crowley. And by the way, Wicca is a fake made up religion, dummy. <laughs> you didn't, didn't you know that? You, didn't, you fell for that? You thought that was real? That's an old creepy dude who made up his religion after graduating from Crowley's grad school of religions so that he could get women out in the, in the, in the woods, back in the yard naked. So he could smack butts. That's it. His religion was so he could whip butts with switches because he was a creeper. You didn't know that. Yes. That's what happened with that's all Gerald Gardner cult was dude. Cha Ching wake up. Trying to tell y'all. Anyway. But I bring that up because even though the witch is probably kind of intensism, Calvinism and American, the American Puritan ethos. Now, the bad part about this is that what happens with American being birthed out of the, the puritanical ethos, it causes a swing to the opposite extreme. Does that make sense? 
while the connection's dropping and popping. I ain't going nowhere. It's the connection popping off. But there's no problems over here. So I don't know where it is. Oh, okay. So it's dropped down. Normally I get 9,000. And now it's dropping off. I don't think I can change the bit rate in the middle of the stream. I can try doing this. Let's try that. All right. So I'm going to switch to uh, cable, Ethernet. Let's see if that helps at all. But this is going to be so much fun. Why is this going to mess up right now? Come on now. Thousand megabytes. This stupid ass dropping down to one, dude. It's so annoying. Uh, so, but I had to plug in the cable, I think, to get it back up. So we were talking about the witch. Let's see, uh, millennials turn into witchcraft. That's all by design. I don't, I don't understand why y'all can't figure this out, right? Like they got rid of biblical theology to bring in witchcraft. Now, if the pagans who are always critiquing Western degeneracy are, why are they not happy at this? I mean, what is the basis for morality in your system? And you can't just point to the virtues of fighting and sweating, right? I mean, how, how is that a virtue? On what basis is that a virtue? There's no justification for, or, or knowledge of what right and wrong is basically, right? We should be good now. We're getting, yeah, pretty steady stream. So, and yet the critique is, oh, I'm tired of Christianity, dude. It's like a bunch of weakness. Okay, but if that's weakness, we need a standard by which we judge or know what weakness and strength is. Is strength just might mix right? If strength is just my makes right, then I mean, couldn't my band of wolf boys just come in, uh, tear up your yard, tear up your, your kitchen, tear up your turkey dinner, <laughs> uh, take your daughters as a harem. What's wrong with that? Right. That's just might makes right. So, right. So now you need some reason to say, Oh no, 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 that's not right. That's wrong. When you do that to me, that's wrong. But as we've seen in every debate with the pagans and with the Northmen, who aren't really Northmen. By the way, I'm probably real Northman. I mean, I've got blue eyes, red hair, red hair, red beard when I grow it out. So, but I don't know. I don't actually know my lineage other than uh, English, Scottish, so... So a bunch of fat dudes on the internet trying to play like they're real Northmen. You ain't got blue eyes, boy. I'm a real Northman. <laughs> now, uh, the witch. How, 
has this whole thing of, oh, it's against the patriarchy. And, and then Black Phillip, right, uh, the sort of conquistador goat that shows up. He says, uh, don't you want, what does he say? He has this phrase. He says, don't you want, uh, I wrote it down. Don't you want to look, don't you want to live deliciously and see the world? Right. Because of the repression uh, and uh, the silliness of the puritanical system, right? Puritanism is actually a, a form of Gnosticism. And so the weird part about the witch is like the religion that's supposed to be quote Christianity is really just a weird Calvinist Gnosticism. And so it's like two versions of paganism, right? Because then she eventually makes the pact with the devil with your boy, black Philip. Philip, get it. And then, uh, in Gerald Gardner fashion, she decides to head out in the woods, strip down and dance around, have a little fun, have a little sabbat. As women often do. That wood time sabbat, right? And now you got to worry about that. You got to, I got to worry. Given the climate of today's atmosphere, the zeitgeist, I got to worry. Is my wood right now full of a bunch of naked maidens trying to, trying to smack butts and float? And a lot of them are going to be believing that if they kill an animal or do some spells, they're going to float. You can't float. You can't float even if you do those spells. Even if you let your hierophant switch you on the butt, you're not going to float. Sorry. But all these millennials now think they're going to be witches, think they're going to float. I believe I can float. Um... Oh, did you? I forgot, by the way, that this uh, this includes the death of a baby in the movie, in The Witch. And The Witch uses this as her first sort of spell and a casting spell and power. And this is a blood ritual covenant with Black Philip, a.k.a. the devil. And the devil is set over against the dad who ends up being this puritanical Calvinist lying hypocrite and everything that he does just furthers her rebellion, right? That just makes her want to be more of a feminist until eventually she just gives up and is like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm on team devil. She's into those dark arts as Theo Vaughn says, get you dark arts. The devil represents freedom, lust, sensuality. The Puritan religion represents iconoclasm, barrenness, austerity. A lot of freaking sweaty work with hay, which I'm not interested in. But you've noticed that the Prairie Muffin aesthetic is in. Did Anna Taylor Joy, did she cause the Prairie Muffin aesthetic to become in? 
It isn't. I don't know why, but it's like the Mormon frontier style somehow became a thing. It's it's in now. It's weird. I don't know what's going on. Call AKA a prairie muffin. So Anya Taylor Joy plays the prairie muffin turned into a witch. And I think, if I recall, this book, this movie pulled from kind of classics like Hammer of the Witches by Jacob Springer, Nicholas Remy's, uh, you know, Witch Hunter books, a cold book, which, by the way, I've read those. I have those over here somewhere. But uh, we've done talks and streams on that a long time ago. Pretty fascinating stuff. By the way, I, st- I feel like we still should drop chicks in pools, seeing if they float. I'm not really sure that I'm not sure that that was the wrong style of justice. Maybe we should go back to that, right? Like, ah, you not look like you're floating to me. You look like you're starting to sink. So we know what you've been up to out there in the woods. Smack a bus trying to float. That's not going to, you're not going to float anyway. So yeah, it wasn't accidental either that this is when you, the culture was really beginning being jammed with Baphomet, right? And Baphomet was popping up everywhere. It was in movies all the time, music videos all the time. Um, Black Phillip comes as the Baphomet goat in this, in this movie very clearly. And this goes back to the goat of Mendes, which do you know the story of the goat of Mendes? I didn't actually know that. I forgot that Jamie went into that when we did that podcast. So I'll read that here in a second real quick, but Calvinism, you know, posits basically an, an inherently evil nature. So nature itself, most of the time in Calvinism becomes evil, which is Manichaean, which is again, why it's Gnostic. Right, natures have existence. They have being. They have. They have. Uh, they participate in being and in the good. So, how could they be inherently evil? Right, because God says everything is good in Genesis. So, therefore, there can't be any nature that is inherently evil. Uh, so, evil has to be defined as either a privation or a move of the will away from the good. But in Calvinism, you have inherently evil natures. And this is precisely the sort of psyop mind trick that causes, what's her name, to go from Prairie Muffin to Witch, to Goth. She goes full Goth, baby. I'm talking naked in the woods Goth. By the way, she goes naked in the woods Goth in the North Man, too. <laughs> um. But if all events are decreed... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Directly by God, and, and, and God is the uh, sole, primary, and only direct cause. There's no secondary causes. Then it stands to reason that evil is just the direct action of God as much as the good is the direct action of God. And by the way, that's why both Islam and Calvinism have basically been occasionalist in their philosophy. So you can see then why the the reaction against that would be people, uh, I don't want none of that. I want to be a hedonist rolling in the feces in the woods, Satanist now. Because there's only two options. <laughs> You're either an austerity ghoul Calvinist or you're a libertine goth chick rolling around in the woods. Right? That's the only two options, apparently. Well, that's not the only two options, but you can see the pendulum swing there, and that's why people, and really America itself, had this bizarre puritanical founding. And then, what, in a few centuries, we are like, literally way the extreme opposite of that. It's a pendulum, right? Humans are creatures of extremes. And that's what the witch is about, in my view. Now, ultimately, it's probably just supposed to be about witchcraft and why why someone would turn from Puritan Calvinism to the opposite or what is seen to be liberating from that because that's basically a just a stupid cult that that's what calvinism is a weird gnostic cult but it's a gnostic cult emphasizing a kind of austerity and asceticism all of its own right it's not an asceticism of like don't be married and have kids it's like an asceticism of god hates art <laughs> right god hates pretty pictures basically uh and fun right all those things are evil. The Calvin, the, the Puritans literally said that. Like, like they were like, if you enjoy um, novels, that's wickedness. If you enjoy pretty art, that's not purely realistic. Just these bizarre. Uh, and what happens in those really strict, bizarre, gnostic, legalistic religions is that people start to figure out that what is called evil is typically something that we have innately or naturally. So imagination becomes evil. Biological desires can become evil or are evil. Um, human actions are always motivated towards evil. And eventually it's like, well, so God is the creator and author of evil. And most 
hardcore Calvinists and Muslims. Like, yeah, absolutely. So good is evil and evil is good, right? I mean, it's like it relativizes in the exact same way that any Gnostic or Luciferian system relativizes. So that's my uh, Christian revision, <laughs> my Orthodox revision of the witch, even though the witch wasn't really about that. But yeah, so if the devil shows up, uh, he shows up as a conquistador. <laughs> He's like... Give me those, uh, the gold doubloons, uh, conquistador. And he's a goat. But now let's get into the Northman because the Northman, same director, that's why we were talking about the witch, will contain a witch archetype and figure in different sequences and instances, right? So there's a lot of nods in this to, uh, Conan, did you notice that too? Um, I noticed a lot of the parallels with the the Tolkien imagery and symbol, and that's because, of course, Tolkien went to the Eddas and all these these uh, Norse mythological stories to kind of derive some of what's in Lord of the Rings, but and the other works. But I'm one thing that I was not expecting today when I was looking into all this, which you'll see in a minute is the similarities between this, the, the totality of Norse mythology. We're going to be watching a video. That's a summary of that and Christian redemptive theology and eschatology. There actually are quite a few parallels. And again, uh, if you haven't heard my discussion with, uh, Seraphim Hamilton, we went into why there is this. Yes. There's the doctrine of the Logi, the Logos Spermaticos, but there's also, I think, uh, uh, inherent in the ancient primeval religion of Eden and soon thereafter, the gospel message itself. And I wrote an article many, many years ago about, about the gospel kind of being there in some of the Greek uh, mythological stories, right? I mean, it's disfigured and it's loose and it's confused, but a lot of these basic ideas are there. And this, by the way, is sometimes what leads idiot people like zeitgeist type individuals or whatever to be like, oh, it's all the same, bro. Look, because there's a similarity, so it's all the same. No, no, no. A similarity could just be a similar origin, right? You're just assuming that all the stories are the same, so therefore, they're all, all religions are like the same or whatever, dude. No, that's just like a super low IQ approach to this question. There can be all kinds of reasons why there's similarities. One could be aping the other. They both might spring from a earlier more primal skeletal ancient version so it's just a non sequitur to say that oh well, all the religions are like basically one religion because of similarity and then it ends up being whoever goobert is the one that's going to tell you what the one true religion is right that's that's how people concoct their own cults that's what crowley gardner Ron hubbard all those people did just made up their own cults by looking at the similarities in the religions and then patching together their own, you know, their own made-up pizza. Let's take a little bit of ham and pa pineapple. Let's take a little bit of cheese. Let's take a little bit of... And they made their own pineapple. Which, by the way, did you hear about Chuck Entertainment Cheese doing that? Supposedly, uh, people got pizzas and the slices didn't match. Does that make sense? Ooh, gross. You heard that? You get, you get what that means, right? 
that's that that's that austerity pizza that's that environmentally friendly pizza uh, let no good pizza go to waste philosophy if you're into that by the way you can uh, support the show via super chats we got a bunch of witches in the house today nobody wants a super chat where the girls at prove to me you're not a witch uh, you can either prove it by not sinking when I dump you in the pool or super chatting. There's the two ways to prove to me you're not a witch. Because if you like what I'm saying, you would support it. But if you're not super chatting, by default, you are not supporting it, meaning that you are a, wit- a witch by default. Better super chat me right now. I'm your witch finder general. I'm the Malayas Maleficarum, baby. So, uh, one of the umpteenth hundred tribes of the Scars Guards is the main uh, Conan uh, king figure, if you don't know. And uh, that's him, that's your little boy right there. And he uh, ends up... I gotta, I gotta tell you about the liturgy sequence. That's the best part, right? Uh, now he he's waiting for his dad to come home. His dad's been away at battle, and uh, dad is Ethan Hawke who shows up. And you can tell right away that they don't have the best bedroom relationship, right? Nicole Kidman and Ethan Hawke. Um, you know she's pulling at Bill Harford style psyop, <laughs> where just like an eyes wide shut, she's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, and we get the impression that she's been. Uh, intimate with the uncle, the brother, who looks like an old Rouge, by the way. Um, now, that was pretty clear. I think a lot of people might not have caught that, given where the movie goes. I caught it. It was pretty obvious right away. But, uh, you know, as the movie's unfolding early on, I'm thinking, oh, this is this is cool. It's a Viking epic. Uh, okay, I like where we're going here. It's going to be a, you know... It's very Lord of the Ringsy, uh, Riders of Rohan aesthetic going on, that that Rohan vibe, that Rohirrim vibe going, and then suddenly, and everybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. Um, suddenly that they, they go to Willem Dafoe's church, bro. Let me tell you, don't go to Willem Dafoe's church. Okay, you're not ready for that, because I'm talking about. Not only, not only is this a doggy bowl burp liturgy, it's a brap liturgy. Like to make it out of that liturgy requires <laughs> it requires more than the daily brap. It requires a special brap, if you know what I mean. I'm not joking. So this is the sequence right here, right? Willem Dafoe, uh, your shaman, <laughs> Father Dafoe, over there. In his underwear, uh, giving people hallucinogens in their dog bowls. Number one, don't eat out of a dog bowl. If somebody's handing you anything out of a dog bowl, don't eat it. Okay, especially any meat product. (laughs) Especially not something with bones in it. If you are eating out of... I mean, if that dude right there hands you a, a, a dog bowl... 
full of anything. You, you should not accept that. But that is the liturgy of this tribe. So by the way, everybody wanting, cheering on for paganism to return. Oh, base paganism, bro. Oh, base paganism. I can't wait for the tribal paganism to return. Do you want to be eating out of dog bowls? Do you want to be tripping balls looking at Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafart? Yes, I'm talking about this movie within five minutes. A Viking epic has a gigantic fart. And it's part of the liturgy. And I'm not joking. So, by the way, Willem Dafoe, he gets beheaded in the movie. And then he gets uh, some shrunken head thing going on. He's the only dude in the world who looks the same before and after between his normal and his shrunken head, shrunken beheaded head. Like it's the same. (laughs) He looks exactly the same (laughs) when he gets beheaded and shrunken headed. And who else in the world could do that? Pull that off. But Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe liturgy. I had something else I was going to say about Willem Dafoe, but I forgot what. But we're going to get into the symbolism until I'm going to break it down. So, uh, the reason that we're going to get into Santa Claus and the shroom connection is because it comes up in this movie, kind of. But it does immediately talk about, like Midsommar does, right? Everybody's tripping balls right away. So, the liturgy, the ritual involves, this is the ritual passage into manhood for a uh, uh, little Scar, little Skarsgård, L-I-L Skarsgård. I mean, just be glad that you don't have to go through this. This is not the kind of passage into adulthood that you want to go through. We don't want to bring this back, man. I don't want old homeless dudes in underwear feeding me anything out of a dog bowl for me to become an adult. That is not the religion you want to bring back. Bring back base paganism, bro. Be listening to Varg. When I go to the mall, they'll be playing Burzum. When we take over. (laughs) When Thor is victorious and we reign from the halls of Valhalla. Anyway. But yeah, so the uh, ritual sequence was actually interesting because it did show him having the vision. So when he trips out, uh, Willem Dafoe actually gives him the clue that would have solved a lot of his problems, right? And he said, do you remember what the clue was? The clue is women are the secret to knowing how men work or something like that, basically. Women are the master psyops of men. Uh, and of course, that is revealed when his mom drops the bomb, <laughs> right? If you remember that. <clears throat> I won't say what it is because I know a lot of you haven't seen it yet, but <clears throat> Mama Nicole drops a bomb, dude, and it's pretty rough. Uh, so, yeah, beware of that sequence. You'll know what I mean when it happens, right? It's, this is a brutal film. Right, as they would say in the 2000s, gritty. <laughs> this is a gritty, brutal, violent, and yucky movie. So beware. Do not, if you don't like yucky movies, don't go. Because I had to turn away about three times. Me, right? Three times. Like, all right, 
this is too gross. Can't watch that. Ooh, gross. Um, so be forewarned. And it's not just the brat liturgy. Uh, how long, by the way, how long before the Novus Ordo is just like braps? <laughs> just, I mean, we got clown liturgies. Why not clowns farting in the liturgy? Right. Like in this movie. I mean, what, what's, why not? That's part of the indigenous people's traditions. Who are you trying to, why are you trying to judge indigenous people traditions? So, uh, I see I just burped. So I'm part of the liturgy. I'm part of the tribe now. I'm a man in this tribe. Uh, yeah. So you get the idea. Uh, there's treachery abroad. Uncle kills daddy. And then it becomes a vendetta quest, a, a venge, venge, vengeance quest uh, for the exiled heir to the throne uh, to come kill old Roosh, the evil uncle. There was another. Oh, and then. And then there is Bjork. <laughs> Bjork is the witch who does all of the weird things. She's not even hardly in this for like two minutes. It's like she's billed as she's in it for like two minutes as the blind witch, right? But the reason this is significant is because everything that the otherworldly mystical witch shaman people say are clues for the hero on his quest. And, you know, like most heroes, he has hubris. He has pride. He's blinded originally by his by his hubris. Um, sounds like a car, like a Japanese car from the 1970s. Hubris. Oh, drive the hubris. Anyway, um, he's blinded by the quest and by the vengeance. And this is actually a, an archetype. This is a literary trope where early on the hero, uh, you know, going about the, the quest, his journey he has to overcome himself, right? He's ultimately, that's, this is a, a classic literary archetype because it's true, right? He ultimately has to overcome himself, right? Originally, he thinks his problems are uh, the uncle, uh, the external world, the people that have enslaved me, right? Because he eventually gets enslaved in order to infiltrate uh, his uncle's village <clears throat> many, many years later. Um And if he had, and the message is always, did you listen to the wise shamans and shamans and shamans and shamans and shamanettes who gave you the clues? And of course, no, no one ever listened. But the clues in the movie are actually just everything the shamans say. And if you pay attention, it tells you what's going to happen in the movie. Because Willem Dafoe says, watch out for women. <clears throat> they know the secret of men. Of course, he's too young. He doesn't remember that. Until later on, his childhood visions start coming back to him. Uh, Bjork being a weird over there is like, uh, for Bjork, is there a normal, right? Like, is there such a thing as a normal for Bjork? Because she's always like that. Um, I'm trying to remember what her clue is. Her clue is about his tear or something and, uh, He's only, oh, he's a, a dog, a beast that has only known rage. 
He's forgotten his quest. <clears throat> so his anger and his hatred when he's part of the wolf pack, right? He becomes this mercenary wolf boy that's just like a raider, right? He's he's going around raiding and uh, attacking villages and enslaving people and killing people uh, for other people, for other forces or what. He's like a mercenary raider, wolf boy, the wolf pack. And then he learns that he that he's kind of forgotten his quest. And then Bjork reminds him of that. <laughs> uh, and then the next vision. I couldn't tell who the old guy was. He was present at uh, when the, when they were twerking, <laughs> which they they have a, a twerk session before they go out uh, to to battle. When he's part of the wolf pack, <clears throat> and there's an old dude dancing. Is that? Odin because when he's in the village and he goes to the cave is that Odin because it looks like Odin if you look at the supposedly the artwork and the pictures of Odin or is that just another shaman I couldn't figure out who that old bearded Santa Claus looking dude was but he holds up the head of <laughs> Willem Dafoe which looks just like living Willem Dafoe the shrunken beheaded head uh, and he becomes possessed and Willem Dafoe speaks through him and reminds him of the quest and tells him where he's going to die. Uh, and tells him you have to choose between kinfolk and love and kinfolk. Uh, and of course, spoiler alert, the movie's tagline explains it, right? Like, you determine your destiny or something like that. Well, it's because he chose both, right? Which was interesting. But I want to get deeper into the, the... There's a lot more symbolism going on than just the moral messages. Which... It's a classic hero's tale. Uh, it's a, um, it's very much a, a pagan epic style story. It's like Beowulf. It's like what you would read in Eddas or something like that. Vengeance comes up in those, by the way, as something that's kind of your duty. But one thing that was funny was that you would notice him acquiescing to the fates, right? My fate is determined i must i must keep my faith so at one point he's committed to his quest and he's committed to fate but then at a, a certain point he kind of like decides i'm not bound by fate and this is an incoherence in the pagan worldview because if what rules is chaos and the fates then you don't have free will but also the whole ethos of, of, of paganism is like individual courage bravery supposedly which would require you to have the power of willing right to exert your will to dominate others i mean what does crowley say magic is the exertion of your willpower the willpower of the, mag the, the magician the magus uh enforced upon the external world that's classic paganism might makes right right is that the world that you want to live in. I mean, I can't imagine anybody watching this movie. And that's the only reason that I really appreciated the, the yucky parts was who in their right mind would want to return to this is gross, dude. Yuck. It's about urine and jars. I'm talking about, uh, people cut up, put into horse shapes. <laughs> it's like a Hannibal Lecter world, dude. You want to go to, Han this is, this is where Hannibal wants to be. You don't want to live in that world. Clarice. 
so anyway, before we look at a little bit of that, let's get into this video, which was fun, which will might might be enlightening to a lot of us because I didn't actually know or remember a lot of this. Okay, my college, my grad class on medieval English and myths was 2005. So I forgot all this, but check this out. This in is the pretty fascinating. There was naught but the great yawning void known as Ganungagap. The first. Ganungagap. And anytime I hear these words, I can't help but think of the Swedish chef. I'm sorry. So all the all the Nords are going to be mad and seething right now. But <laughs> when the Nords get mad and the pagans come along, they start talking smack. From now on, I'm just going to go. So the void is literally called that. Realm to form was Muspelheim in the south. A bright land, engulfed in fire and guarded by Surt with his flaming sword. To the north formed Nippelheim, the freezing land of fog. Nippelheim? <laughs> That's a good place to name uh, the frozen lands, right? Nippelheim, because, well, you get, I think you guys are, I think my audience is high IQ enough to get my low brow jokes. Containing the spring Hevergilmere, from where the primordial rivers began to flow. These rivers. Now, notice we're going to be noticing a lot of the parallels with biblical theology and biblical history and symbology as well. So, this is very similar to the uh, Genesis creation account. The rivers that flow out, uh, the four rivers, right? Euphrates, etc., mentioned in Genesis whenever Eden is first created before the fall. Into the void and began to freeze as they. Oh, and that there is an, a void, that there is. The uh, abyss, again, also mentioned in Genesis, the void, from which God creates. Right. Came further from their source until the north of the void was completely filled with ice. The moisture rising from the ice froze, creating layers of rime across the glacial landscape. The south of the void. Oh, dude, flat Earth, ice wall, uh, R.R. Martin. Uh. It was brightened by the sparks and embers flying out of Muspelheim, creating a warm breeze which drifted... Now you can tell Game of Thrones, by the way, totally brought... Like, there's like ice zombies and ice walls, and it's like, come on, this is Game of Thrones, dude. Vikings just ripping off Game of Thrones, boy. ...towards the icy north. When the rime was touched by the breeze, it began to melt. Droplets came together as new life and took the form of Ymir, the first of the frost giants. When Ymir lay down to sleep, the sweat from his left armpit formed two children, and his legs formed a six-headed son. <laughs> Who's going to make fun of Christianity when <laughs> you're over here like, uh, the children were formed from the sweat of the armpit, and I believe that, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you believe in a guy that like, died on a wood? By the way, guess what? In the pagan Nordic mythology, Odin dies on a tree. And is stabbed by a spear. He hangs from a tree. So wait a minute. I thought that that was the thing to make fun of. But Odin actually does that too. Wait a minute. What? From them descended the frost giants. The drops from this rhyme. Then Dude, that, all this is is like medieval uh, Dungeons and Dragon boys. This is medieval uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Right? I mean, that's all this is. This stuff is goofy, dude. Now, there's interesting elements, 
and I have a worldview from which to critique it, by the way, on a base, I have a basis for these accusations. But come on now. You talking about worlds and people being formed out of out of armpit funk? But the Trinity is dumb. <laughs> Creation ex Nilo is dumb, but your offspring come out of your armpit funk? And that's what? Form the cow Adumla, whose milk you may use for sustenance. You gotta, you're not supposed to drink that right out of that thing, dude. That's gross. Adumla sustained herself by licking the salty, rind-covered <laughs> stones surrounding her and Yemen. On the first day that she licked the stones, get a cup, man. <laughs> other people gotta, other people gotta share them udders. Get a cup. There's a bunch of cups in the cupboard, dude. You ain't gotta do that. It's making me mad. Stones surrounding her and Yemen. On the first day that she licked the stones, she uncovered the hair of a man. On the second day, his whole head appeared, and on the third day, he was completely uncovered. So basically, uh, a, 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 a popsicle, right? Or a, a, humans came out of popsicles, or, I mean, licking until the, the person's there. Number one, who encased man in a popsicle to begin with? A juicy pop. Um, what's that nasty candy where you lick to the, get to the middle of that hard-ass bubble gum that loses its flavor in like a minute? Tootsie Pop? You got a Tootsie Pop theology. You trying to laugh at, at my worldview when you got a Tootsie Pop theology? I was licking on a tissy pop and out came a dude. That's your worldview. He was called Buri, and before long he fathered a son called Bor. Bor Man, it sounds like somebody just making this up. <laughs> uh there was a there was uh hey this bitch was licking on a tussie pop, right? And like it licked all the way down until they they seen some her. Uh and then what have happened was uh they gave him a name, they claimed Burr. And then what had happened was he had come out. We was Vikings. Married Bessler, the daughter of a giant, and they had three children together. The eldest being. Now it's just turning into Trailer Park, right? <laughs> she had gone off and married a giant. And then they had a bunch of kids living over there in that cold ass trailer over there in Valhalla. Valhalla Trailer Park. Odin, the second Vili, then Ve. The three brothers killed the giant Ymir, whose wound... A lot of new twerking going on, by the way, and that happens in the movie, too. So if you're looking for wolf boys twerking, get ready. Being Odin, the second Vili, then Ve. The three brothers killed the giant Ymir, whose wounds unleashed a great stream of blood, drowning all the frost giants except Bergelmir, who built an ark and boarded it with his wife. They became the ancestors of all frost giants. Did you hear that? An ark? There was a period of giants. They boarded an ark and survived a cataclysm? Now, just wait, because it gets even crazier. Now, this is, of course, like I said, zeitgeist. Goobers are going to be like, it's all the same religion. No, no, no. It doesn't follow from the fact that there's similarities, that they have the same origin, or that they're all the same. 
or that there's one common religion. That's a, that's called a non sequitur. You don't know that. There's, it could be many explanations for why there's similarities. Odin and his brothers took the body of Ymir to the center of the void, using it to create the world. The sea and the lakes came from his blood and the land from his flesh. But it's you can tell that like it's like mixing the, the story of Noah up with how the world's created. And there'll be like these recurring versions of it, right? Because we saw God create or, or the world being created out of the void at the very beginning. And that's like Genesis 1. But this sounds like Noah, but also mixed with Genesis 1. But remember, too, that in biblical theology, there's a recurring redemptive cycles and patterns where you get uh, expulsion and then a new creation or, or a new earth or a new beginning. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right. Expulsion, new beginning, expulsion, new beginning. That's a recurring motif in scripture. The mountains were made from his bones and the rocks from his teeth. Ymir's skull was used to create the sky and was placed over Earth's four corners. From Ymir's flesh spawned the dwarves, one of whom stood under each of Earth's corners. Chip the dishes, crack the plates, that's what Bilbo Baggins hates. They are called North, South, East and West. The brothers then took the sparks and embers flying out of Muspelheim, placing them throughout the heavens, creating the stars. They were positioned in such a way day could be distinguished from night. Thus started time. The earth took a circular shape and is surrounded by a deep ocean. Along the shore of this flat earth, bro, flat earth, bro, By the way, uh, note two the similarity between the tree of Yggdrasil. 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 That's a fun word to say. 
I have to admit, probably the funnest word. Probably the funnest word out there. Top five fun words at least. Yggdrasil uh, is the tree of life. And it's also nine worlds. It does kind of match up to uh, the Sephirot too, interestingly. And it matches up to uh, other notions of nine slash ten worlds theology and nine slash ten gods. Very interesting, important parallels between Yggdrasil and Tree of Life. Ocean, the brothers gave giants land to live on, which was named Jotunheim. To protect themselves against these giants, the brothers built fortifications further inland out of Ymir's eyebrows and named it Midgard. <laughs> built it out of his eyebrows. <laughs> Do you know that's where Ikea comes from? Uh, it's a, sweet, a, a Nordic company it originates from this, right? So it's all basic. Never mind, that was dumb. Finally, they took Ymir's brains and threw them into the sky, creating the clouds. That, that tree right there built from Ikea. From driftwood, Odin and his brothers created new life. Odin giving them breath and life, Vili intelligence and feeling, and they form, speech, hearing, and sight. Again, very close to it. You can tell a lot of this is super, super Tolkien, right? You can tell where he got all this stuff. Center of the world, a place to call home. Odin became the ruler of Asgard and took the beautiful Frigg as his wife. She bore him... Mr. Frodo! Mr. Frodo! I'm gonna take you to Asgard! Mr. Frodo! Oh, man, is the... It'll come back. Right? Sometimes, I guess... Well, the stream dropped down and then it went back up to 12 uh, bits per minute. So I think I'm okay to just keep going. It'll catch back up. Oh, Sam! Sam! Mr. Frodo! Mr. Frodo! I want you to put your clothes on. Don't get into your knickers, Mr. Frodo. Don't go rolling in the woods with the thoughts. Stay away from the witch girls. Don't get into them goth girls and rolling around nude in the woods, Mr. Frodo. You won't be able to float. Asir, the divine gods who dwell in Asgard, and so Odin came to be known as Allfather, as he is the father of both the gods and mankind. To connect the realms, the gods built a bridge named Bifrost, which is known to the humans as a rainbow. Next to Bifrost lives Heimdall, who guards it against the mountain giant. They're taking the hobbits to twerk in the woods! <laughs> Them evil goth chicks are going to be seducing Sam. And Frodo out there in the woods, rolling around new, twerking in the woods, right? And is the watchman of the gods. He sports perfect vision in both night and day, golden teeth, and a horn named Yalahorn, whose blast can be heard in all worlds. In Jotunheim, a giant named Nor- Now the uh, horn is interesting because that'll come up in Ragnarok too by the way at the end of the world the horn will come back as i mean it's that's the trumpets of michael and the archangels in the, in the last judgment right again fascinating parallels by the way there's more just wait had a daughter by the name of night she in turn had a son called day odin took night and day giving each a horse and chariot who were then bid to ride around the heavens on earth a boy manny meaning moon and a girl's soul, meaning sun, were taken and placed in the heavens by the gods. Soul sits the chariot pulling the sun, 
with Manny controlling the moon. The siblings move across the sky with such haste as they are... Now this is mentioned in the Psalms, right? That the sun is like a chariot riding its course. Scripture then speaks of Christ in the chariot in Ezekiel 1-10. to If you remember when I was pointing out Michelangelo's uh, Sistine Chapel, we got into the symbolism that he uses at the end of that video for the, ch the, the chariot, the sun chariot that runs its circuit. And then that's also present in this, which is fascinating because that also goes back to ancient Vedic uh, religion and symbology. We did a whole ancient, ancient podcast. One of my first podcasts was on chariot symbolism in Vedic myths because it's parallel to what we're seeing here and what's in scripture. All right. And then you got these two bad boys here, these two, these two uh, uh, ruffians here, the two Sabarises chasing after the sun and the moon and that will come up in the eschatology with these uh hellhounds the bad boys here constantly being pursued by two great wolves skull and hattie who wish to devour them in all nine worlds were created to hold the different beings of the universe i think there's nine and then one other one or or the void or whatever which again is parallel to like the sephirah it's parallel to a lot of other uh ancient uh cosmological structures right which is fascinating because i think there's something to that right it comes up in neoplatonism too as god is home to the gods and midgard to the humans alfheim to the light elves and nidavellir to the dwarves also known as the dark elves jotunheim was given to the giants and vanahamir to the vanir a group of wise fertility gods niflheim and muspelheim are the primordial realms which formed the cosmos finally Hell is the land to which those who die dishonorably go, to spend the afterlife. These worlds are all connected by the great ash tree Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil has three great roots. The first sits above Erd's well. The did you notice, by the way, in the movie they did a really uh, excellent symbolic representation of this when they had the, they would show the heart and they would show the veins coming out of the heart like a tree? And that's because the family tree is like uh, the tree Yggdrasil. It's like a microcosm, macrocosm. And then the sprouts on the tree is your bloodline. And that's why the heart pumps the blood, extends your blood to your offspring, the bloodline. Again, the bloodline, of course, very important in uh, all ancient religions, for the most part, that, that I can think of. Um, it's very important in biblical theology, too, right? So, um, the, that was presented in a, uh, excellent way. And there was a couple of times where he would have visions and he would go and he would see his, his, uh, bloodline dying. Cause he would see the dead people on his bloodline as one of the options. He, if he would failed in his quest, his bloodline would die. If he succeeded in his quest, he would have the offspring that he desired. And again, that's rife with parallels to both Old Testament and Christological prophecies with the fulfillment of the Messiah. Um, there were even parallels to the Moses story, right? Because early on, his village is destroyed. The evil uh, uh, usurper, imposter, right, comes and destroys. He's, he's the heir like Moses was. The usurper comes. Uh, he has to float away like Moses did. And he goes and becomes a slave like Moses did.
Here, however, it's the securing of the offspring of the bloodline that the evil villain angel, the brother and his henchmen and his forces represent, and the evil mom, uh, the hag maiden, <laughs> right? the wench mage. The wench mage, a.k.a. Nicole Kidman, right, gets her revenge, almost. Well, she kind of does. But she's the power behind the throne. That was an interesting element too, right? Uh, and then we'll also see magic and sorcery playing a key role in this movie too. But um, notice the parallels here with what we see here and what's in the movie and with what we see in uh, theological redemptive history. Of fate, where the gods sit in council every day. Beside this world live the Norns, three prophetic maidens who determine the course of human lives. The second root of Yggdrasil is placed above Mimir's well, the Well of Wisdom. Beneath the final root sits Hevergelmir, the spring from which the primordial rivers originate. This root is constantly gnawed upon by the dragon Nidhogg. High in Yggdrasil sits a giant eagle who creates the winds when he takes flight. A squirrel named Ratatosk runs up and down the tree, delivering insults between the eagle and Nidhogg, provoking that one I liked, right? So, like, all this is going on, and then there's just a there's just a squirrel who like does mama cutdowns, <laughs> like all this elaborate mythology. It'll like get really elaborate and out there, and then it'll be like, oh, by the way, there's a squirrel that's a stand up. <laughs> there's a squirrel that's gonna roast you, by the way. There's some sons that come out of a stanky armpit, by the way. It's like, oh man, your mythology was getting so highbrow, so up there. And then, by the way, there's a giant fart god, right? Literally, like it'll turn into that. The universe, by the way, is farted out. Right? That's what uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones said the universe was farted out. He's talking about literally. Jim Jones says that he gives the real exposition of the gaseous globules. The universe was farted out. That's what he said. I'm not joking. He said we did a whole podcast on that. Uh, because there was an element of exotheology in the Jim Jones cult, by the way. But notice the parallels with, it's like mythology, pagan mythology is trolling me. Like they're telling this really, weaving this really cool story. And then it turns into a fart joke, which apparently people can't handle, by the way, even though I, I think I've established, I've established in 1000 videos that we have high IQ content. But if I do one fart joke video, people lose their mind, dude. They're ready to kill me. They're ready to throw me in there with the, the thought, the thoughts that don't float. <laughs> They're ready to throw me in there with freaking who's a witch. Stevie Nicks. I don't know. Who's a famous witch. Who's the most famous witch? I'm trying to think. Bette Midler. <laughs> no focus. pocus. Uh, y'all, shout out to my witches out there. Who's the most famous witch that y'all can think of? Bette Midler. She's in Hocus Pocus, right? Um, Sandra Bullcock. She's a witch in Practical Magic. Sh Shannon Darty. No, not Shannon Darty. Who's in Charmed? Who's the most famous with Cher? Okay. 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 I could buy that one. Hillary. Well, you know, Hillary is a witch. 
That's a perfect one to bring in uh, Larry Nickel. Well, Larry Nickel, I used to work for Hillary, and let me tell you a story. Alex Hillary is a dang witch. I went out there to pick her up from the airport one day, and she had a damn pumpkin full of candy. Alex, she's a witch. Does anybody even know who Larry Nichols is? I do all these impressions, and half the time people don't know who you're talking about. Uh, so, Elizabeth Montgomery is a witch. Samantha. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. Uh, Marina Abramovich. Angelina Jolie. I'm going to have to say uh, Marina Abramovich, Cher, Madonna. Madonna is probably the most famous witch. I'd say Madonna is more famous than Oprah. Wouldn't you say that? I mean, Oprah's probably got more money, but <laughs> the Scarlet Witch is the most famous witch. Anyway, so uh, I wish I was a squirrel that just delivered insults. I, I kind of almost am a squirrel that delivers insults. People are like, what's your job? What do you do? I'm a squirrel on the internet that delivers insults between the eagle and the dragon. <laughs> I should put that in my bio. Nobody would even understand that, right? Like, like five people that know about Norse mythology would get it. What is it? What did they say his name was? I got to find this guy's name. He sounds like a character right here. I want to meet this dude in the afterlife. It's a giant eagle who creates the winds when he takes flight. A squirrel named Ratatosk runs up and down. Ratatosk. That sounds like a stupid C.S. Lewis name right there. Tree, delivering insults between the eagle and Nidhogg, provoking each. <laughs> He's just playing them off against each other. You see that? That's some squirrel psyops. Squirrel ops. Just trying to provoke the dragon and the eagle. Odin, the Allfather. Lord of Asgard and the eternal seeker of knowledge, despite wielding immense power, values wisdom over all else. Now this is interesting because on the one hand it sounds like the way Solomon and and God would be portrayed according to Solomon, right? The the God of wisdom, etc. <clears throat> Which is true and biblical, but then you notice that suddenly Odin seeks knowledge, he lacks knowledge, so he's not omniscient, which is interesting. So the anthropomorphic gets overextended in paganism. That's another element of paganism is that anthropomorphic elements are like over the top, right? I mean, the gods will be over there freaking stinking the room up. I'm not joking. You, th you, you diss me because of fart jokes. Do brap theology plays heavy into pagan mythology. You didn't even know that. In his thirst for knowledge, Odin visited Mimir's well, whose waters hold the secret to great intelligence. The guardian of the well, Mimir himself, was not ready to so willingly share the gifts of the well, and so asked for a sacrifice from Odin to prove himself worthy. Uh, this sounds like Jacob, the well, or again, <clears throat> interesting parallel stories pop up. Um. Odin gouged out one of his eyes and dropped it into the water. Impressed, Mimir offered Odin a drink, who happily accepted. Odin then sought the Norns, 
who shape destiny by carving runes, which are Nordic letters, into the trunk of Yggdrasil. Now, this also is similar to biblical ancient Hebrew theology that the letters and the... I'm not talking about stupid gematria, okay? Be very clear here. I'm talking about the biblical doctrine that God's words create the world and give things form and so forth. That's the Logi doctrine. Logos, word, Logi, words of God. So the words of God is what's being expressed here. This is a form of Logi doctrine, even though it's confused and garbled with superstitions and pagan stuff. It's the same idea. So there is a kind of a perennial religion. It's just that it's orthodoxy. <laughs> it's it's that that's the one true perennial religion. And then you get the seeds of this elsewhere that are confused, muddled, cluttered, and disfigured and jumbled up, right? Determined to acquire the power and wisdom the runes could impart, Odin sought them out, but would once again have to prove himself worthy. The bones! The bones! Willow! The bones tell me nothing. Odin hung himself. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, this part's really cool. Uh, tell me that doesn't sound just like the freaking wizard in Willow. Come on, dude. Come on. I can even, I can do, I'm, I'm giving you Finn Rizal. I'm giving you a perfect rendition of the wizard from Willow. <clears throat> and somebody has the audacity to question my skills and impersonations. I'm the best impressionationist. Don't you dare doubt me. Son, you get a booty switching out back in the woods with Black Phillip. <laughs> By the way, you can support this show via the Super Chats function, which is through Streamlabs. And if you're new here, what does this do? What did he, what did he do? What did this person do? I do crazy stream of consciousness, weird commentary on the things that you see me commenting on. That's what we do here. And it's weird. And stream of That's me, dude. That's how I roll up in here. And by the way, this is totally Christian imagery, which this shouldn't seem strange to us, by the way. If 
clearly some of the sibyls, the sibling oracles, not all of them, there's a bunch of fake ones, but at least one or two are true, right? <clears throat> and it makes sense in our theology. Also, Balaam in Numbers, the pagan prophet who prophesies the Messianic age, <clears throat> even though he was not a true believer, even though he was not uh, of the people of God, he was a pagan prophet and he did prophesy. Especially towards the end of Numbers, he has Messianic prophecies. So if Balaam can prophesy, again, we did a whole stream with uh, Seraphim Hamilton on this. Why would it seem strange that we would find the gospel in a muddled way encoded in things like this? Of course, makes sense to me. <clears throat> By the way, listen to this. From a branch of Yggdrasil, whilst impaling himself on his spear. Uh, is that not the spear of Longinus? <laughs> is that not the crucifixion? You worship a you worship a dead god, dude. You like weakness or whatever. Oh, you mean like your religion has the same dying god? And then it turns into all the religions are the same because God dies and like resurrects or whatever. It's in like all the religions. But then Christianity is not like all the other religions because. That's weakness. I mean, it's, you see how inconsistent and ridiculous these people are. He also forbade the gods to give him food or water, leaving him to starve in pain for nine days and nights before the runes finally revealed themselves to him. From them, he gained invaluable knowledge and could now wield runic magic to help heal and shield his allies or smite and crush his enemies. O so you get this idea of a process of deification after he hangs on the tree, right? Deuteronomy predicting the Messiah's death, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ becomes as if one cursed, not literally cursed, but he comes, becomes as if one cursed to then resurrect, which St. Cyril says is the finality of the process of deification. The resurrection is the deification beyond even the blameless passions. And then Christ is victorious. And then we have the warnings of the second coming and Ragnarok boy, <laughs> right? You see the, I mean, the parallels, and it keeps going. There's more parallels. It gets crazier. The true goal is the gathering of knowledge in preparation for Ragnarok, the end of the world, in a desperate attempt to delay it. To prepare for the climactic fight, Odin sends his Valkyries, a group of divine maidens he commands, to every battle to decide who will be victorious and who will die. They then... By the way, one of the things that was tripping me out, and by the way, I did not partake of the sh the shroom brap liturgy of Willem Dafoe, but I was still tripping out over this. Dude, how did this Viking chick? How does Valkyrie got got a retainer? <laughs> how did how do a, a Valkyrie have a retainer? <laughs> she got braces, dude. Braces of the gods, right there. How does a Valkyrie have a retainer? That's weird. I don't know what was going on with that. Do Vikings t tattoo their teeth? I mean, I'm not joking. I'm being serious. Like, is that a thing? Did they do they tattoo their teeth? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it sounds like something that would go on. Think about teeth tattoo. By the way, one of the guys is going to have a grill. I'm not joking. There's a lot of parallels between hip hop culture 
and uh, your boy Loki and Thor over here. Select the most heroic of the slain and bring them to Odin's hall in Asgard, called Valhalla. Odin sits at the head of this vast hall with his two wolves, Geri and Freki. Odin him. Geri? <laughs> so one of the one of the ravens just has an uncle name. <laughs> this is Thrundir. This is Gary. <laughs> Gary the boomer uncle god. <laughs> needs nothing to eat and sustains himself exclusively through wine, which serves as his food and drink. Atop his shoulders perch two ravens, Hugin, Thought, and Munin, Memory, who fly off into the world. Hugin, Thunin, and Gary. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, Gary's, uh, he's, uh, he's a true Northman, uh, cause he's from Chicago, and, uh, Gary's just over there, you know, uh, kinda looking to see where the lowest gas prices are in town. Uh, you know, Odin sends me out about once a week, and, uh, you know, the other Ravens, they got important jobs, uh, you know, they're involved in collecting intelligence, uh, for the tribes of, or the gods or whatever. I'm out here looking to save a few dollars, you know what I mean? I want to see where the lowest gas prices are. Maybe there's a deal on oranges over at the Safeway. You know, that's what I, hey, it's a living. Every day at sunrise to gather information. They always arrive back for the daily feast and whisper the events of the world into Odin. They always arrive back for the daily feast, but then Gary's a little late because he's coming in. Yeah, you know, coming in with a, maybe a case of Milwaukee's Beast or whatever, you know. Talk about the Northmen, right? Right? I'm Gary. I'm the Boomer Raven from Milwaukee, okay? What do, you, what do you expect out of me? The fallen warriors who reside in Valhalla are known as Einherjar, and every day they commence in friendly battle with each other. At Ragnarok, they will stream out of the hall and stand shoulder to shoulder with the gods against the forces of destruction. Thor, Odin's son, protector of mankind, and the mighty god of thunder is the strongest of the gods. Hey, we're getting in a... Never mind, I won't. He sports a magnificent mane of red hair and a giant rosy beard to match. Remember when I had my glorious mane? When I would grow it out? It's red. Pretty much basically Thor over here. That's all I'm saying. I'm a dang Adonis. <laughs> I'm your boy Adonis over here. Flying around the skies on his carriage drawn by two goats. While quick to anger, Thor is a well-meaning god and is often the unwitting victim of pranks played by the trickster god Loki. Oh, by the way, Adonis... Greek mythology, Adonis, black name, more parallels. We're going to find more parallels, by the way. We're trying to reconcile cultures. That's what we're up to here. Thor is married to the goddess Sif, who herself fell victim to a prank by Loki. Loki thought it would be fun. Loki's over there learning learning pranks from that squirrel. That mean-ass little squirrel over there. And Loki... Loki Loki, this is key though, because Loki will be a bridge between the cultures of Wakanda and the cultures of Valhalla. Hala, Valhalla, if you hear me. To shave Sif's hair off, but Thor, upon seeing his wife's bald head, found little to laugh at. He grabbed a hold of Loki and was just about to start breaking bones when the prankster promised he could get the dwarves to fashion her a new head of hair. Thor agreed. And Loki soon had the dwarves mold pure gold into magical hair, which would grow. I told you the whole mythology was about a weave. 
It was just about her getting her hair did. Everybody's over here tripping out, hating other cultures. We're all on the same page trying to figure out how this bitch going to get her weed. It's a common thread amongst all religions, you hate monger. It's a common thread. That's <laughs> a common weave amongst all religions. The, the fates are over there weaving the fates. See? See, that's, that's peace and reconciliation, boys and girls. With this, they made many other treasures for the gods, including an indestructible hammer. As this hammer was forged, a fly bit the smith's eye, causing blood to cloud his vision, resulting in the handle being unusually... See, I was on, I was on point. I was with it. I was with it. All, I was with the weave story. I can believe all that. And now a fly bit an eye? You lost me on that. Well, I can't bite your eye, dude. Sure. These gifts were presented to the gods, and the hammer was given to Thor, who was incredibly impressed despite its flaw. If thrown, it would never miss its mark, and could always find its way back to him. Small enough to keep... Now, you call me crazy, but, uh... There's kind of a floating hammer story in the Bible, <laughs> right? Do you remember the story of Elisha and the floating hammer? Interesting. A lot of biblical parallels. A lot of biblical parallels. This shirt, this hammer, which crushes all in its path, is named Mjolnir. Loki, the god of mischief, and the. Now, I mean, Elijah wasn't like rolling it out, like, right? Like, c commanding that flying hammer to <laughs> attack his enemies, but. Uh, he did have some uh, say so with the bears, right? We get gets Beastmaster over here. He's whispering to the bears like your boy Mark Singer did. Various son of a giant aligns with or against the Asir as he sees fit, often outwitting and pranking Thor among others for his own amusement. Loki went from a harmless prankster to a full-blown enemy of. He was low key, Loki. Then he becomes a bad boy. Yesir. And I don't mean a Will Smith, Martin Lawrence bad boy. I'm talking about a Satan boy. On. He had several children, including the giantess Hel, who resides over the realm that takes its name from her. Loki's other children include the Midgard serpent, Thor's eternal rival, and the giant wolf, Fenrir. So you got a, a, a rabid bad boy over here, Sabaris Hellhound. You got uh, a leviathan, leviathan that goes to war against the son of the gods, right? It's, again, just parallels, but fascinating parallels. And the best part of this is going to be the eschatology. I didn't know anything about the eschatology, so that's fascinating. Wait, wait till we get to that part. Loki became truly irredeemable when he orchestrated the death of Odin's son, Baldur. The most that's a uh, that's a legs day right there, right? If you're familiar with that internet pooch everybody loves, Sabaris over here, he's having a legs day right now. Of the gods, sensing his imminent demise, Baldur went to his mother Frigg for help, who blessed him against damage of all weapons of all materials. The gods held a contest where they shot at Baldur with arrows, who laughed as they rebounded off of him. Loki was angered by his invincibility, and so disguised himself as a woman and approached Frigg. He asked if Baldur was completely invincible, and Frigg replied yes, 
to all things except mistletoe. Loki immediately gathered some mistletoe and approached. Talk about Loki rights, right? Loki is a champion <laughs> of rights. Odin's blind son, Hod. As Hod was blind, he could not participate in the competition, so Loki offered to guide him, handing him a bow with an arrow made of. I mean, people are always talking about the degeneracy going on right now from the pagan crowd, right? But I mean, your gods are like turning into dudes and chicks back and forth all the time. So, on what basis are you saying anything's bad? Hod shot Baldur, killing him immediately. In their grief, the gods appealed to Hell to release the fallen god. She refused unless every being in the universe wept for him. The Asir man that sounds like a chick, right? I refuse unless every being in the universe like weeps for him. Then maybe. To make this happen, apart from one giantess, Loki in disguise, who refused to cry, leading Valder to be robbed of his resurrection. The Asir took Loki to a cave and brought two of his children before. All right, this part's dumb, so I'm gonna skip ahead to the eschatology. That's the best part. Ragnarok, boy, this is this is cool right here. Ragnarok is the end of days, where the gods are slain by the forces of chaos and the world is destroyed in fire. The end begins with three winters in which a series of battles rage across. So conflagration, the world is destroyed by fire, also a biblical idea. The world, where brother will turn on brother and the sanctity of kinship shall be broken. Uh, brother will turn on brother at the end. There will be no more love. Right, kinship will turn on one another. That's in the Gospels and St. Paul. Then comes Fimble Winter, bringing cease. Then comes Dumbledore. Then comes Dimbledumble. <laughs> so, uh, we get a little Harry Potter in there. The snow and freezing winds. Three of these winters will oh, freeze me, Fimmy Fubbles off. Pass in succession, with summer ceasing to exist. So, goofy British terminology actually comes out of the Norse myths. We're looking for the, the locate the uh, origin of this stupid terminology. It's actually the Norse mythology. The sun and the moon will be caught and devoured by the wolves chasing them, and the stars will disappear from the heavens. I've got a bad case of the fumby dumbbells. I've got a bad case of the fumby dumbbells. It's quilly whopping me wibble wobbles. And then everybody in Britain knows what that is. It's like a specific testicular problem that everybody in Britain knows about. But anybody else, like, what are you talking about, dude? The world will be struck by earthquakes as the monstrous sons of Loki earthquakes. Biblical. Emerge the wolf Fenrir with flame streaming from his eyes and the Midgard serpent spewing venom. So the wolf is the beast, and by the way, that's how it's used in the movie too. By the way, right? They always refer to the beast. Uh, Nicole Kidman refers to the to the men as beasts. Um, he's part of the wolf pack. The wolves are the wolf pack is a bunch of beasts. Beast imagery is constant throughout, not just the movie, but also this mythology. Because at the end of time, you, they're basically fighting these these Final Fantasy level beasts, basically across land and sea. The ship of the dead, known as Nagalfar, made entirely of the nails of the dead. Will sail the frost giants of. I listened to that two or three times. The nails? Like, does he mean the, the fingernails of the dead? A ship made of fingernails? 
That's pretty trippy right there. Jotunheim, accompanied by Loki and the forces of Hell to fight the gods. Amid the chaos, the sky is split apart by the soldiers of Muspelheim, led by the magnificent Sir, who will trample upon Bifrost, destroying it. Even Nidhogg, who gnaws at Yggdrasil's root, shall leave his home to Bifrost or Bipok? Aid the giants. Upon seeing Ragnarok approaching, Heimdall blows Gialahorn, alerting the gods to the end of days. The Asir and You get the trumpet, the horn being blown, end of days. I mean, it's archangel looking imagery too, by the way. Einherjar march bravely towards the Chaos Horde, with Odin at their head. Despite Odin's preparation Uh I mean I don't know if the white horse is in the mythology, but the apocalypse has the white horse. The gods fall, one by one, until they are no more. Frey, the fertility god, advances against Sir, but is struck down by his flaming sword. So there's a loss of fertility? Is that what that's supposed to signify? People will no longer be fertile, um, sterile? Uh, I think that's probably coming. Garm, the guardian dog of hell, ravages the battlefield, leading Tyr, god of war and justice, to sacrifice himself to slay the beast. Thor takes on the Midgard Serpent, striking his foe with lightning and hammer, the serpent responding with poison and fangs. Again, uh, imagery of Christ and the serpent. Christ strikes the serpent. The serpent uh, falls like lightning. Um, Christ crushes the head of the serpent, even though the serpent has bitten his heel and he, he dies willingly, right, in, in the, uh, the passion. But the notion of crushing the head of the serpent, which is what Thor's hammer does, is what Christ does through the cross. Thor emerges victorious, but soon falls to the ground dead, succumbing to the serpent's poison. So once again, the, the Thor sacrifices his life to kill the serpent. That's the resurrection story. Odin engages Fenrir, and while he fights valiantly, the great wolf takes victory devouring the Allfather there and then. Upon seeing his father fall, the god Vidar rushes at the wolf, planting one foot in the beast's lower jaw. Now, of course, it's, again, muffled and mumbled and confused. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just because God the Father doesn't become incarnate. We don't have an image of God the Father. He doesn't die. It's the Son that dies. Second person of the Godhead, not the Father. And ripping Fenrir's head in two. Heimdall clashes with Loki, and each will fall by the other's blade. Finally, Surt covers the whole world in fire, destroying it in a mighty blaze. <clears throat> That's the conflagration. Our God is an all-consuming fire. The fire of God's very presence permeates and cleanses the universe at the end, uh, or near the end, you could say, um, before the new heavens and the new earth. Now again, it's it's muffled and mumbled and confused. It's not exactly, it's like the same kind of patterns are retold. So don't look at it strictly chronological because there's even going to be an element here of uh, the eschaton, right? The new heavens and the new earth and the eschaton here. This is not the end, however, as from the end of the old world, another can be born anew. Few escape Ragnarok, but those that do rebuild the fallen world. Odin's sons Vidar and Vali survive and inhabit the ruins of Asgard. Thor's sons Modi and Magni later join them, carrying Mjolnir with them. Baldar and Hod then ascend from hell together and reminisce on the bygone age. Two humans survive by hiding in a place known as Hodmimir's Wood and will have many descendants. Anyway, so it goes on to say that humans kind of start things over and, and it's, again, it's not exactly the same as uh, you know, orthodox eschatology, but there's there were some interesting parallels. So, uh, if you want to watch this guy's video, Life Guide, uh, I'll put it in the chat for you guys here. Uh, but I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want the stream to go on for forever, so I'm gonna get to the point here to the uh, to the brap climax, if you know what I'm talking about to the final brat. Um, now, one thing I did want to talk about was the importance in the film of shrooms. And I'm not advocating drugs, but it comes up in the movie as an important tool that our hero and his new uh, witch chick, his wife, cook up these schemes. They start pulling out some serious psyops uh, on the village when they infiltrate his his uncle's village and he's because he's on his uh, vengeance miss, mission right let's see I'm looking for my notes here let's see okay I already did all that Oh, the Catabasis. Got to mention that. What was my note? I was looking for a certain note. Anyway, <clears throat> long story short, <clears throat> he has to. Uh, he uses the their superstition against them. Did you notice that? 
So he finds out what they, well, I guess he knows, the, I'm assuming it's the same religion. I don't know. When he gets to this village where his uncle is, there's like this old woman priestess instead of priest, which in his original village, it was Willem, it was Father Willem Dafoe as you shaman, right? Then it becomes this old woman who's the priestess. Uh, not Not exactly clear why, but you start to realize that the uncle's village is manipulated by the evil women, namely this priestess who's kind of naive and duped and stupid. Uh, there's a headmistress woman over the slaves, and then there's Nicole Kidman, who's the brains behind the throne. She's the real cunning woman slash manipulator here. Um, and she's contrasted to uh, Olga, played by Anya Taylor Joy, whatever her name is, right? Who is the new bride of the hero? Anyway, so long story short, they engage in these pretty high-level psyops by arranging the corpses into a certain form that scares the crap out of everybody. That's like CIA-level stuff, right? Like using the lo local indigenous superstitions as a psyop against the people, which I've covered many times. Uh, Stellan Thorsgaard, whatever his name is, he does it. He does it in this movie. And it's pretty funny because he just keeps learning more and more about them and psyoping the crap out of them. Of course, he's assassinating everybody at night like a freaking Phoenix program serial killer. But um, ultimately, it's just to get to the uncle and to Nicole Kidman. And then she drops the bomb on him. She drops that mom bomb that nobody wants to hear. And she tries to do some gross stuff, which you can guess what I mean. And then he's had enough. He's he's out of there. He's out of there, son. <laughs> I'm out. Right? Mom dropped that nasty bomb. I'm out. And that's it for her. Right? And uh, isn't it funny? I mean, Nicole Kimmons always playing this evil witch character. You know she plays this, this witchy character a lot. It's, it's just interesting. And she plays it here. And then they pull the ultimate psyop, which is to dose everybody's dog head porridge. Yes, they have dog head porridge. <laughs> Gotta dose that dog head porridge with some shrooms. Right. And everybody goes nuts. And uh, then we get the catabasis. No way, the Catabasis is right before that, excuse me. So he has to defeat the King of the Dead in the Underworld. And that's, that scene was pretty fascinating. It was all shot very well. Uh, you'll notice he ever since he's young and he's been given the, uh, the, the, the doggy bowl mushroom juice that he drank, he can dissociate and have visions, right? And he also has powers as the rightful king, you see. And so he keeps dissociating and seeing these visions, seeing the Valkyrie, seeing Odin, seeing the King of the Dead that he has to fight. And he has to trick the King of the Dead into getting into the light of the moon. And that like shuts him down or whatever. All of that was excellent. By the way, it's a really good movie. Just as a movie, it's an excellent movie. And what is the point of all that? Well, it is to secure victory over the evil one represented by the uncle and the false bride, the whore mother 
again, biblical mythology or uh, uh, imagery. And then he has to decide to give his life as a sacrifice for his bride. Right? And he gives his life as a sacrifice so that he can defeat, because he knows if he doesn't kill the uncle, the uncle will hunt his offspring down because his offspring are the rightful heir. And the uncle was the imposter usurper. Again, Satan imagery, Satan seeking to kill Christ, the rightful heir. I mean, it's just amazing parallels. And he has to go into the underworld, the Catabasis, the descent into Hades. He fights the king of the dead, comes back out. He's got that, you know, he's got that crazy dwarf sword with its own name. I forget what, I forget what it was named, but by the way, there's in Maccabees, there's a magic sword of the Maccabees. Did you know that? Do you remember in second or third Maccabees, the angel gives a sword, a powerful sword. Did you know that's in Maccabees? Nobody ever remembers that. There's only fonts too in one of the Maccabees. And so I'm pretty sure Tolkien, I mean, Tolkien translated for the Jerusalem Bible, Jonah. So he would have been very familiar with what's in Maccabees. And if you think about the Oliphants, I mean, there's like sequences in Maccabees that are just like Tolkien's descriptions of the Oliphants. Anyway, what's the name of the sword in Lord of the Rings, by the way? I can't remember. I can't think of it, but it made me think of that too. Uh, I'm not going to play any more of the trailer. We've already seen that. Now, a little bit more on this from uh, David Patrick Harry. Coattail did an interesting stream. Uh, this is not knocking Santa Claus. It's not knocking. I mean, obviously, I did a whole video on who St. Nicholas is. Okay. But what we're talking about right now is the doppelganger evil version. Right. Simther Claus or whatever he's called. Krampus. Historical person of St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas of Mira, one of our great Orthodox saints. The one who slaps the crap out of Arius at the council. Uh... You know, we love St. Nicholas, and he is certainly the um, the origin of the Christianization of a lot of different winter old men figures. And that's what Dead Moroz is over in the Russian. And we're going to look, we're going to begin getting getting at this. But uh, Santa Claus is the Dutch version. And that's really, we're going to find out that Santa Claus, and the term Santa Claus, is already... Um, is already a very American idea. It's a very American idea that it's actually not till the 1800s, the 19th century, that Santa Claus, as we understand it, really gets going. And I'm going to be diving into even Coca-Cola and Thomas Nast and how the sort of Finnish uh, depiction, Germanic depiction of Father Christmas turns into what Americans called Santa Claus. And so the whole world now refers to this particular entity as Santa Claus. This is a uniquely, uniquely American phenomenon. And so anybody in the world who then refers to this entity as Santa Claus, it actually can be traced back to America. Santa Claus is a very American figure. And so we see Pierre Noel over in France. We see Father Christmas over in England. We see dead morose over in East. There's a French Santa Claus called Pierre Noel. <laughs> it's, 
I was about to make a joke, but I'm, YouTube won't let me make that joke, so I can't do it. Slavic countries, Russian, Sinterklaas over in the Dutch. And so shaman claws is another little line of thought that I want to tie into tonight that again, we're going to be diving deeper, diving deeper than just, um, uh, than just the general, uh, Webster or your Britannica definition of who Santa Claus is that there's actually quite a few connections regarding shamanism, Siberian shamanism. And that's, part of again today's argument that santa that is very relevant to the northman right if you saw the northman then you know <clears throat> that at least two occasions the powerful hallucinogens played a key role in the film originally it's his initiation into manhood which gives him the second sight the ability to see the future these visions and these dreams and it's the trick that they use to sigh out the, the uncle's whole village when they poison the dog soup. Claws is really a much more complex figure than just to say what it does is take a historical figure of St. Nicholas, of which all these other figures of Santa Claus. But when we start looking at the archetypal structure, when we start looking at, again, some of the uh, other strappings, why does Santa Claus, why is he associated with reindeer? Why is he associated with elves? Why is his colors red and white? Why does he live at the North Pole? And when we look at Dead Moroz over in Russia, when we look at some of these other figures, they don't live at the North Pole. What's going on here? Why are these unique features going on? And so we're going to be diving into another possible explanation of Santa Claus and how it actually has some psychedelic relationship and Santa Claus is related, and I'm going. I think by the time I get done, I'm going to probably make this case fairly well that Santa Claus is tied to Siberian Amanita muscaria forms of shamanism, forms of shamanism, and that's going to then account for some of these other semiotic features related to Santa Claus that have nothing to do with Saint Nicholas. Now, obviously, when we're going to tie in and we're going to discuss Saint Nicholas's. Um, the, the story of how he helped a poor man put gold coins in three uh, stockings of some ladies who needed money for their dowry. So he helped out a poor man. We're going to dive into all that. We got an Orthodox article on the real Saint Santa Claus talking about St. Nick. But then we have, we're going to go deeper. We're going to look at all these other figures and all these other countries. And then we're really going to hammer down this Santa Claus, this Amanita Muscaria. Is provided by... Yeah, I was actually... I, th I thought he had this old Terrence clip in here. But your boy Terrence, get ready for this one. An example of how a very ancient, uh, how a very ancient folkway can be incorporated into our culture without us even realizing it uh, and is provided by discussing Amanita muscaria. If you go to the Encyclopedia Britannica and you look up Santa Claus, they'll tell you... Ho, ho, ho. Have you been a good little boy or girl this year? I hope that you've been a good child. Because if you have, then into your stock. 
cooking. Perhaps I will put small dainties or sugary treats. However, if you've not been a good little boy or girl, then I may find some of the darkest coal and place that also in your stocking. And believe me, when you place your stockings on and try to run uh, on, with those on when you've got large chunks of coal, it is very difficult. That it has to do with St. Nicholas and it got started in the 11th century. And it's a, But when you look at the Santa Claus story, it's a perfect uh, uh, mythologium to analyze from this point of view because look what's going on with Santa Claus. First of all, Santa Claus's colors are red and white, the colors of the Amanita muscaria for sure. Santa Claus lives at the North Pole. What does this mean? It means that Santa Claus lives at the Axis Mundi where Yggdrasil, the magic world ash of Welch mythology, has uh, taken root. Do you say Welch? <laughs> you mean Welsh? Welch? Santa Claus flies. This is what shamans do. Santa Claus is the master of the reindeer, the animal most associated with the Amanita muscaria. Santa Claus is aided in his work and if you can change into a girl, then I'm Anita Mascara for my eyeliner. Because some of the gods can change. You too can change. By troops of elves. And what is the work of Santa Claus? To build toys for children. Remember the... I do think there's something to this. This actually is not totally crazy because, again, St. Nicholas is one thing. Santa Claus is this other thing, right? St. Nicholas ain't got nothing to do with elves, okay? But Santa do. <laughs> Sometimes he do be like that, right? But, but not St. Nicholas. But Santa. Santa's more like Boomer Garcia, right? With a long-ass beard. He's over there tripping on his vision quest. He's a little creepy, too. Well, oh, 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 man. All right, imagine me with a long beard, Boomer Garcia, partly inspired by Jerry Garcia, but also from a random any any random nom vet. Oh yeah, man. Oh well, you know, talk about nom, right? Well, I was on the Vision Quest, and uh, I seen the uh, I seen Santa Claus there. I seen Santa, and uh, I realized uh, uh, Beatles are playing, and uh, I am you, you are me. We are all together. I realize I'm Santa, and uh, you know the Santa is a is a mushroom. He's the king of the mushrooms. He looks like a toadstool. You look over here. We're gonna watch his mythology here. You'll see Father Mushroom here from the uh, North Norse uh, mythology. And he's basically Santa Claus. Okay, he works for the elves. He's got the elves on a tight uh, forty-hour schedule. Uh, however, he does a uh, Pay a living wage, okay? I got my disabilities over here. I can't even get a damn living wage. Uh, uh, you know, Father Christmas over here, right? He, pay, he pays a living wage.
your capture. And now, young man, we're going to rob you. You mean that? Yes, we do. All right. Rob me? This is, of course, a classic Mystery Science Theater, but we're not going to watch this whole thing. I'm trying to skip to Father Christmas. Or Father Mushroom. Who's the same, by the way? Here we go. <laughs> Ivanushka. Well, you know, when I was out there uh, with the 45th, uh, 145th Airborne, uh, when we were in Nam, uh, you know, I was about to be killed by a bleep, and I looked over there and I seen, uh, well, I seen Father Christmas there. <laughs> Father Christmas uh, handed me a hand grenade. He said, Merry, Merry Yule. And I and I stuck it in I stuck that grenade over there in the uh the in the Viet Cong's uh, uh right right in the middle of their camp. If it weren't for Father Christmas I couldn't have come out of there. <laughs> That's a pretty boy right there. That's a you see all that mascara that dude had on? He didn't just have on mascara. He had Amanita mascara. <laughs> Amanita mascara right now cuz I'm a pretty boy. All right, Father Christmas, man. Granddaddy mushroom. By the way, don't play hide and seek with uh, mini Santa Clauses. Not a good idea. So as you can see, he's that's Father Mushroom. I think he's a uh, a Santa archetype. He's over there hanging out with the Mel's. And by the way, uh, at the end of this is Father Frost, who also must be so annoying. But with three clicks, who also is what Kotel's talking about. Father Frost. Oh, shut up, dude. There's Father Frost. This horrible movie, by the way, is actually based on a bunch of Norse and Rus myths. Pimp my sled. Pimp my sled. That is a pretty pimped out sled, I have to admit. But you'll notice he... he Father Frost is basically also a Santa. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I was trying to show his house. Wait till you see his house. This dude's house is trippy, dude. <laughs> don't don't try to figure out what's going on. Don't don't be asking me what's going on. Oh, yeah, there's a witch. Father Frost has to fight a witch, by the way. Trying to get the father. The whole point of this is his house. It's like a little frozen Orthodox church. It's crazy. Here we go. Here we go. Anyway, you get the idea. You get the idea, right? That's that's Father Christmas right there. EMT things saying, look at this, look at this. Well, those were off-duty elves, clearly. Um, and And... So, so here are all the motifs, and I believe that for children in our culture, that all the Christer stuff is not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about standing in front of the tree on Christmas morning with the gifts arrayed and the twinkling lights on. Well, that tree is the tree that the Amanita muscaria forms its symbiotic relationship to. It's always spruce or pine that it has a mycorrhizal relationship to. So the number of motifs relate. 
Yeah, there is. I mean, there's something to this, right? Discussing Amanita muscaria. If you go to the Encyclopedia Britannica and you look up Santa Claus, they'll tell you that it has to do with St. Nicholas and it got started in the 11th century. And it's a, But when you look at the Santa Claus story, it's a perfect uh, uh, mythologium to analyze from this point of view because look what's going on with Santa Claus. First of all, Santa Claus's colors are red and white. The colors of the Amanita muscaria. For uh, that's the clip we just heard, so never mind. But yeah, you get the idea. Um, yeah, so I did want to make that point. Uh, maybe we should do that Russo Finnish classic Father Frost uh, for a riff riffing experience. I think we're still going to, because we're almost at 90. I think we're going to do uh, some more Nick Cage because Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is out. But uh, I just wanted to con conclude here with the point that you can, you can see the Christian ethos here as well in that he descends to save his bride to secure his bloodline, his offspring, right? And, we, and then he gives his life and then he ends up, right, spoiler alert, going to Valhalla. And... In those ways, as well as what we saw in that 15-minute overview video of Norse mythology, you can see quite a few uh, Christian parallels, which um, can better be explained than anything in syncretism or perennialism as the opposite, that what if our worldview is the original worldview, and these are derivations of it, you see. It can also be explained that way. I want to remind you too of this classic, uh, your boy, the sad guru <laughs> over here, uh, Osho Part Two, um, telling everybody what's really going on. Let me start that over. Here we go is ecologically disastrous. The way we dress is ecologically disastrous because the third largest polluter on the planet is textiles. Most people don't know this. Yeah, but what about the way we dress that's aesthetically disastrous, right? So, everything that we do has become violent in the world, the very way we exist. So this transformation needs to happen. More understanding of, not of Eco ecological sciences, more of life in terms of that this life can only happen if everything else is well. This is slowly sinking into people. I feel in terms of awareness, substantial work has been done, but now it is time for action. Because if action doesn't happen now, the window of action that we have once we miss that, then what we need to do will be much more and the pain that we will go through as humanity will be much more. People think planet is in peril. No, planet is not in peril. Don't you worry about Mother Earth, she will bounce back. Only human life could become very cruel. Do not worry about Mother Earth. She is a very strong woman. She bounced back like that. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are reluctant to bring up. That's my trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Always. 
all the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls, I want less on the planet <laughs> Well, there's your evil Santa Claus right there, right? <laughs> they want more souls, I want less souls. He needs to work a little bit on his booger whistle because Osho had that perfected and I think that's really what soothed everybody into listening to Osho was that subtle booger whistle that he would always do. It's almost like Link's flute, right? <laughs> Osho's like, the peoples are retarded. He's over there pull, he's over, he, he's He's over there hooting on Link's pipe, right, with that nose whistle, that booger whistle. That, but you don't hear a lot of booger whistle inside Guru. It's just straight up, just straight up, just straight up, old con man. Just straight up, want much more for you to die. <laughs> they took the stones from here. I took your life from here. Is that it for the day? Uh, let's get to these super chats. Gonna read all the super chats in the in the voice of Gary from the north. I'm a north man. I like to uh, watch the football games and to drink coors and uh, I like to uh, raise the taxes. I like to study uh, electrical. Uh, and uh, get my uh, Voltec GED degree in uh, cotton candy that you put up in your uh, your, your your attics uh, that makes your house warm. <laughs> I don't know what are Yankees into. I don't even know what's a Northerner into. Green Bay Packers, delis, Coors Light, Milwaukee's best. Uh, well, I don't even know. I don't even know what them people up to. Raising taxes. Um, working down at the carburetor factory. <laughs> I'm not part of the unions. Unions, carburetor factories. What else are the northern peoples into? All them, all them Yankees. Let's see. Where are we at? Super Chats. I lost my super chat spot. Here we go. Ba what? Battle of Troy, $3. I have a boomer roommate and he's telling me to turn off these live streams. He cannot hate, he cannot stand to listen to you. Victory! <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Classical positioning, $15. Sweet baby. 15 love points. Call me crazy, but I can't help but think that most modern comics know the formulas for writing jokes that plebes don't. I don't know about jokes. Oh, you mean stand-up comics. Oh, I thought you meant comic books because I was thinking of Thor and comic books. Now, you're talking about stand-up comedians. Formulas? Well, I put up that clip from uh, Sam Hyde today where he was talking about the formulas that stand-ups are all part of this like liberal political clique and it's just not even funny or interesting because they all just repeat this, even the same phrases, right? Uh, he had a really good point about that. And um, 
Yeah, that's on the community tab. So go watch that video on the community tab from uh, uh, the Sam Hyde clip. I do not hate Joe Rogan, but his stuff just has a paint by numbers feel to it. <clears throat> I don't. I think I heard Joe Rogan stand up one time, maybe ten years ago. <clears throat> so I don't even know what I don't. I don't even know what it, what he does in his stand up. Haven't heard it. Pie Porcine five dollars. I went and saw the North Man. Uh, my first comment to the husband was, "I didn't realize this was a religious film." Yeah, it was uh, surprised me on a lot of levels. It was really, it's brutal, but it's very good. And uh, I really overall enjoyed it. Um, it's gross and brutal. Not exactly in the same way as Midsommar, but just in terms of gross and brutal, it's about equal. But it's a very different movie from Mid- Mid- Midsommar is like a horror movie. This is a an epic saga. So uh, if you're looking for a, a gritty, brutal, yucky, epic saga, this is what you want. Grand Inquisitor, $5. What is the deal with wizard-looking orthodox? They look wild. Uh, it's just the ancient classical style of a man to have a long beard. Um, I think it's pretty universal in all cultures. The wise old sage. So it doesn't have anything to do with wizards per se. SK two dollars, the ending reminded me of two thousand and one. Maybe a little bit. I mean, there was some nods to movies like Conan. There was some nods to, uh, uh, you know, Tolkien, which makes sense. But I didn't really notice the two thousand one. I mean, just going into the afterlife, I guess maybe. Okay. Uh, Anonymous $5. I am a bear costume. A man in a bear costume said, I will give you $5 for porcine payment processing. I'm not sure what that is, but he said if I didn't pay, he was going to pour beers on my face. And that doesn't sound very pleasant. Uh, bro, you lost me. You you went all, You blasted off and you left me down here uh, in this little sleepy town because you lost me but I like that $5 shout out to Anonymous but I have no idea what that was talking about Pano $3 the pagan dudes think that they will be the ones uh, getting frisky with the girls and not the ones who will be eaten or uh invaded in the nether regions if you know what i mean yeah that's true they always think they're going to be the ones doing it but then when it happens to them the uncle has a funny line in the in the movie where he's like uh well a king you're a king this year but you never know if the next yule you'll be somebody else's slave yeah exactly word three dollars jay as people who say uh i can't read that People who say Christ's name but then do gross things. A sign of witchcraft? <laughs> I don't know about witchcraft. Uh, not necessarily, but I don't think we should do gross things. Dangerfield, $3.33. says, Jay, can we get some classic Nordic throat beat? Is that what you mean? Or you mean like techno? Nordic techno? Classic Nordic techno? Well, they do beat on that drum. 
Oh, you mean when I did the Wardruna? Nah, I'm a little too tired to, to do my Wardruna. I already did it on a stream, I mean a video, so y'all can go watch that if you want to. Jared Tisdale, $1. Druggy Dog Bo Defoe is a Terrafem. Step your game up, Boomer. Get your Bible hat back on and take off the soiled pagan tidy whities Well, I did get to see Willem Dafoe in some yellow dingy whitey tidies. So if that's what you're looking for in your cinematic experience, this is also the movie for you. Candlejack, $1. What are the pagan gods or spirits? Where are the pagan gods? Were they literal spirits or ancestor worship? Uh, could be both. J. Dyer Air Fryer. Uh, $10. That's kind of creepy. So, because we were just talking about getting an air fryer. So, now my air fryer has its own uh, profile. I'm kind of creeped out. Lo- Lolly Battle Machine. J. Is Hyperborea real? Uh, no. Unless it's just standing for Eden or something. Samwise Gamgee, two dollars. I didn't sleep with her, Mister Photo, Rosie, my sweet Hobbit. I love, I love the size and shape of her feet. <laughs> so uh, two dollars from Samwise Gamgee to read that in Samwise voice. Uh, there you go. Shink, not Shrek. Shink, ten dollars. I love the idea of Brap Academy, Academia. Brat branches of philosophy. Well, I, I think we've pioneered that, right? The philosophy of toots. Okay. Thank you for all your efforts. Platinum Brap career is inevitable for you. Well, there's some a man who appreciates my Johnny Depp video. Uh, Ortho Kitty Cat, $10. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow. Okay. So y'all getting weird today, but that's okay. I mean, I was we were weird today, but... This, these comments are getting weird. I'm, 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 I'm okay. Okay. Uh, Element to Dave. $10. God bless. Comrades, I am off. This is off topic, but can we say that the kingdom of God is in one's intellect? Well, the kingdom of God is supposed to be present in every area and domain, including over the intellect and in the intellect, but it's not reducible to or identical to intellect, no. I ran across this idea in Sword of Gnosis. Yeah, I don't advocate uh, most of that book at all, except for the Titus Bruckhart chapter. Right, the rest of it, I would not, I would not advocate that because it's just a bunch of perennialist stuff. Gamma Boy, one dollar. Yo, Jay, my dude, I love your streams. Dope, bro. It's a quick question. I don't know if you've talked about this, but do you believe that the Whore of Babylon will be the Catholic Church? Uh, it's possible. I don't know that for certain. But it does have a lot of characteristics, which um, could fit that bill. Anyway, but thank you guys. A lot of fun today. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. If you would, please hit like and share. Remember, there are ways to combat the soy culture, big soy. The best way to combat that is to get over to chalk.com right now. And you can sign up for that life recurring membership with J53 Life, J53 Life. And you get a bigger discount 
and you'll get recurring. It doesn't mean lifetime like you can't get out of it. It's not a you're not selling your soul to Loki, baby. It's a good deal. You can get out of it if you need to. But it also makes it easier so you don't have to keep ordering these excellent products like the daily to give you that daily boost, like the ashwagandha to give you that mental clarity, like the tong cat to give you that boost in testosterone, like the lit getting lit in the good way through chocolate which is a excellent superfood addition to your morning smoothie routine or perhaps an evening chocolate milk toast whatever you like to do right i don't know why i said chocolate milk toast if you're a milk toast man you want chocolate to no longer to to be i don't what am i talking about we, nobody chocolate will help you not be milk toast. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't want to be a milk toast man. Get over to Choc right now, and if you want the normal discount, just put J50, and you can make your single order. But if you use that 53 Life, the recurring, it's a greater discount. Uh, you can set up stacks. That is, they allow you to make chunks of what to order for men and chunks of what to order for women. They're an awesome Bayes Red Pill company. Get on over to chalk.com and uh, use that promo code right now. Hit like and share. Send this out to your friends, especially to your uh, dad, your boomer uncle, Gary, and your grandmother. They're, those are the most likely people in your family to um, really vibe with my content for sure. So please do that. Like and share. Everybody have a good night. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.